What's up, rich friends? Welcome to another episode of Net Worth and Chill with me, your host, Vivian Tu, aka your rich BFF and your favorite Wall Street girly. I was scrolling through TikTok the other day and I saw a guy going up to rich people and asking, hey, what do you do for a living? And if you're on social media, I'm pretty confident you've seen these videos too. And the people that this guy was talking to all certainly have different ways of spending that money. Some flex their wealth via a fancy sports car, others are showing off on their private yachts, and some are even carrying designer bags worth the price of a small home. But it does make you wonder, what do all of these people do to make all of this money? So today, we're going to talk about making money, spending money, and how different people like to show off their wealth. I'm so excited to introduce today's special guest with 12.8 million followers on TikTok and a YouTube following of 2 million. Everyone, please welcome social media sensation, Daniel Mack. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me. Daniel, thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm very excited to chat. And I got to ask, you are known for asking people, what do you do for a living? How did you come up with the idea to like do that? Um, I mean, to be honest, it just started with pure curiosity. I would see people driving around Ferraris and I was just like, why, like, why don't I have a Ferrari? And like, <laughs> what do I need to do to get a Ferrari? <laughs> this was like just after college. So I didn't have Ferrari money and I know I wouldn't, mm -hmm. wouldn't have it for a while, but I, I literally was just like, how, how does someone acquire this? Like, and the easiest way to figure it out would be just like asking them. And yeah, it's that simple, honestly. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And you talk about, you know, wanting a Ferrari, but not having Ferrari money. So I do want to take a quick sidebar. Talk to me. Dream car. You've got a gazillion dollars. You can get anything you want. Talk to me. What kind of car do you get? And what one customization would you have to have? Okay. That's a, ah, that's a good question, honestly. Um, I like Lamborghini Countach's, um, the old like kind of 80s, 90s wedge look in white. The Wolf of Wall Street car, as many people okay. know it as. The one that he crashes. Um, yeah. I think that's probably got to be my favorite. Most of them don't come with a wing on the back. Uh, so that'd be my mm. customization. Not stock for most of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's kind of my answer. I guess with unlimited money though, I don't know, probably, probably a Countach. Yeah. They're not comfortable to ride in at all. And they're not forgiving, uh, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a manual, but they're fun. They're fun. So I'm like cracking up because you're like, well, you know, it's not actually that drivable and not that comfortable. <laughs> and, but I still want the Quaaludes car. So you know yeah. what? You're allowed to have your Quaaludes car. Um, that's your dream. Yep. Okay. But let's back up a little bit. I read that you actually majored in finance in college. So obviously it kind of makes a little bit of sense of like you being curious, like how these people are making that money. But <laughs> talk to me about being a finance major. Is this what you thought you would be doing after school? <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> not, not even a little bit. Um, I kind of fell down the social media rabbit hole completely by accident. But yeah, my whole life I had been interested in finance. Um, prior to going to college, I was waiting for the day that I could turn 18 so I could open up my own brokerage account. I didn't want to do it with my parents. I didn't want like a okay. custodial account. I buy literally that year I get an IRA. Um, Immediately, I'm just so interested in the stock market. I still am. And that was kind of like when I first started getting into it was right when I turned 18. So I knew I wanted to do something in finance. And I didn't know whether I wanted to be an analyst or advisor. And then eventually, mm -hmm. I kind of leaned more towards the advising route. Then I got a job at Charles Schwab. I did an internship there. Um, then I got a job there. And I was doing like their advising kind of like pipeline, like you do like a program where you get like your brokerage licenses and all that. Um, yeah. And that's what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I was like, I was excited doing that. I tell people this story and they're like, oh my gosh, like good thing you got out of that. And I'm like, well, no, I liked it actually. Like I liked waking up and checking the market. And yeah, uh, obviously yeah. I wasn't, as a broker, it was interesting to me. I wasn't a broker yet. Uh, I was about to get my license and I quit. Yeah. I quit like 
a week before my uh, my Series Seven or an SIE yeah. testing. So I didn't didn't quite get that. My parents were horrified that I quit right before that uh, with this. <laughs> This clear cut, you know, forty year plan. But I, I randomly posted a TikTok around when I started my job. I moved to Dallas after um, college, and then right when I started my job was when I posted my first TikTok with zero followers. And then yeah. my first video got like forty million views or something crazy. And then my next video got like fifty million views. And then that, so I got a million followers in like five days. So this was all like shocking to me. And I didn't show my face. So no one really knew what I looked like at all for like a year. I was going to say, I can literally hear your voice in my mind. But for so long, I didn't know what you looked like. Yeah. Yeah. No one, no one did. (laughs) People would literally like, people would literally be like, yo, like this guy has the same name as you. Like my friends, I'd be like, that's me. Like no one knew it was me. Cause I was like too afraid to even like put it on my main Instagram at the time. But then it started getting so many views that, uh, within about eight months, I quit my job because I started making more money than my day job. And then I had built up like eight or 9 million followers before I quit. And most people like moved to LA with like, you know, no followers and take the risk. But I was like, I I have a low risk tolerance. Um, so I, uh, do you, um, Low, I think I'm more conservative than most. Like I would not move to LA and quit my job unless I was making more than my original job. Right. Okay. And and my age was so like I was 22, and I was like, okay, I, I have the degree. Like I can go back. And my job told me you can go back if you want. Like go have fun. Like go do yeah. it. So I was like, okay, I got security, security, security. So yeah, that's kind of the, the spiel there. I think that's so funny because people fail to realize like how responsible creators have to be with their money to actually make a living doing this because mm. you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. You don't get a paycheck. You you get, you know, you cut deals or you get money, but like it's yeah. not really guaranteed. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. I love to flip the question. You say, you know, before you created content, you were working for eight months. Was this the Charles Schwab job? Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, what exactly got you interested in the markets in the first place? I think there are very few young people. And I think 
my brand is all about encouraging young people to do exactly what you did, which is the day they turn 18, open up their own, you know, individual brokerage account or start learning about the markets. But what do you think got you into that? Is, is that something like your parents did or you had friends who were doing it? How did that happen? I, I honestly don't know. I think it's really just compound interest. Like I figured it to be like the eighth wonder of the world. Someone said that, that not me first, <laughs> but I think it was Warren Buffett or something. Um, I just yeah. like would I'd go on the um, like the compound interest calculator that the IRS has. Yeah, yeah. It's like compoundinterest.com yeah. or yeah. something. And I'd put in like a hundred thousand dollars or like fifty thousand dollars like at like age twenty-four or something like that, like compounded yeah. over forty years. And I was like, damn, like okay, I can become a millionaire guaranteed. And I'm like, or yeah. two, three million dollars, like if I put in this yeah. amount per month. So I mean, honestly, Reddit really got me into investing, by the way, like, which is kind of interesting. Like, mm. um, at the beginning, everything, everyone has to kind of like learn not to do the, you know, one or two stock picks as your whole yeah, portfolio yeah, yeah, yeah. and the day trading and all that. So I think I kind of like suffered a little with my little $700 I had when I was like 18 <laughs> or 19, which was good because, you know, now I'm not doing that. And then I started getting more into just like safer, like ETFs, like BOO and like SPY. And, and I just was like, okay, so I can get 8% a year on average by doing nothing basically. Yeah. Why is no one talking about this? And like, if you get started young, like you're, if you're started like, like at 18 versus like 27, like you're so much more ahead with those years yeah. of compounding. So just like kind of reading up about it, Reddit actually of all things. And uh, yeah, like I just started diving into like the, the rabbit hole there. And I was like, this is so like, why is no one, like we're not taught this in school which is insane yeah. to me. Like that there should be a, a whole class of investing that's like required for people. Cause it's crazy. Like you'll learn classes on literally like anything that is useless. Like, I don't know. I'm not gonna say science and other things are useless. Yeah. But like, <laughs> they're definitely not, but like some random useless thing, like a history class, you could literally have like one semester of like investing, which will change your life way more than any other class for sure. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. So I just, I was just shocked by that. Like I, it's so simple, like teach people compound interest. So I'm going on a tangent, but I'm very passionate. No. about it. I think, Compound interest is just so cool. I love it. Yeah. No, I don't think that it was a tangent. I think that is so relevant and so important. And I hope everybody listening to this pays attention to what Daniel said. Like it's, I feel like I'm screaming it from the mountaintops, but it's so <laughs> nice and so validating to hear it being said by you too. And that you also made the mistake that I did, which was get a little overconfident when you first started. <laughs> I really started investing after my first trading internship. And I took half of the money that I made that summer and I put it into one stock because I'd done a ton of research that summer on this one stock. And I was like, there's no way yeah. I don't 10X my money. I am a Class. genius. There's no, of course, when you're ever yeah. that confident about anything, it's not going to work out that way. Yeah. But it was a pharma company and their miracle drug ended up Class. failing failing phase three and I lost half of my money in like 20 seconds and I was like oh awesome. yeah yeah it's so always, painful. The, it's always the pharma ones like oh yeah. the big, it's like a friend that's like oh like that they have a treatment that's coming out here it's about to get approved and like yeah it's always the pharma that you're like oh that's gonna be the big one <laughs> that's gonna be the big one and it yeah. never ever is yeah yeah so uh, normally, you know, talking about money and talking about finances, we're doing that right now on this podcast pretty openly, but it's normally seen like as pretty rude. It's taboo. It's tacky. In your line of work, how did you find the confidence to even approach randos on the street, basically, and ask them what I would consider to be a pretty personal question? Yeah. Um, 
I, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm like one of those guys that ooh, my voice is I, from talking so much to people. I, I, my yeah, voice yeah. is still a little shot better <laughs> than last week. But, uh, but yeah, I mean like I still get like scared walking up to these people. Like you'd figure I've done it thousands of times now, but um, usually like, I don't know how I first started doing it. And I still, cause I still to this day, I still get like a little like nervous, but do you, I, it's like just like a little pitter patter and you're like, Ooh, I hope yeah, that's nice to me. It's just like, <laughs> like, cause some people will like just get pissed at, like, I don't like to be like a nuisance to people. So yeah. like I'll go on Rodeo drive. Which is a, for those that don't know, it's like a popular street in Beverly Hills. Um, people go up and down and people have their windows down there. And like, there it's kind of like free money to like roll up to people and ask them because they're like asking for it. Like it's like the flex street basically. But in yeah, Dallas, really when, right, yeah, like when I first started doing it, I had just had never seen these crazy cars before because I grew up in uh, Tucson, Arizona. So when I saw like a Bentley, which in LA is, you know, nothing like no one bats an eye on like a G Wagon. Yeah. In Dallas, when I first started doing it, I'd be like, oh my gosh, Ferrari. Like, whoa. I would like go out of my way while driving, like, and like stalk these people, like follow them to like where they went and like they'd get out at like the grocery store and I'd be like, oh my God, Ferrari, like I have to go get it. Uh, so it was like more of like a, whoa, I haven't seen this car ever. It's so yeah. exciting. I'm not going to see another one of these for days potentially. So that's like what broke me out of my shell there. And it is still kind of scary. But then in LA, uh, it was a whole nother thing because like they're everywhere. So people are like more confused yeah. on why you're rolling up to them. They're like, yeah, like it's like, why are you bothering me? Because like, you know, yeah. it's a dime a dozen. So it still gets scared. It, but when I do it, like I'll usually do one. And then like, once I do one, then I'll kind of like get in the groove of it. But like waking up, and I used to go to car shows. I'd fly out to LA and I would literally come here with the sole purpose by myself, hotel room, rental car, drive in the morning to like these cars and coffee events where like hundreds of car people show up and just like go to town. I'd go do like 70, 80 videos. And then I <laughs> do that all day. Then right after that, go to Rodeo and work all day, like just like on the sidewalk, like just waiting and then go back to uh, Dallas. And then this is on the weekends and then do my other, my normal day job. Uh, so it was like a grunt. Like I like by myself, my first year, I must have been working like, I don't know, nonstop. Like, it's really yeah. insane. But uh, yeah, definitely a grind. I still do a lot of hands on because my team's small. But like, back then, it was out of necessity that I had to roll up to these people because I had like a weekend and that was it to go get all yeah. my content with my little bit of money uh, at the time to like fly out there. So I was like, I'm rolling up to this car whether I like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a do or die. Yeah. Yeah. Was, you don't want to be the guy that like, that's the kind of the pressure with like social media. Like you yeah. don't want to be the guy that like flaw. It's kind of like when you have everyone watching, you're like, you don't want to fizzle out at the start. Um, yeah. I kind of like realized I didn't want to be like the one hit wonder. And I've been doing it for three years. So I think like I've kind of like escaped that a little bit, but it's always kind of that pressure on you. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I also am very curious. You said you were chasing people around Dallas who you would see like a really cool car with. What kind of car were you driving at the time? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was driving, uh, I, a borrowed, well, not borrowed, my older brother passed down to me a 2011 Chevy Impala. Uh, so okay. not a fancy car at all. Yeah. And yeah, it was like pretty funny because I'd be going to like these shoots sometimes to film. Like I started being like the car guy and I'm driving this Chevy Impala that's like worth like $2,000. Yeah. I eventually upgraded to a um, a Tesla, but how I got that Tesla was kind of cool. I did a brand deal with Carvana. So like I ordered the, the, the car and then after I ordered it, I was like, why am I not hitting up Carvana who's delivering my car yeah. and just like see if I can finesse like a deal out of this. They loved it because it was like the most natural brand deal for them ever. Yeah. So I think they paid for like some amount of my, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, uh, but some like majority of the car was paid for yeah. after I already bought it. I was like, could you do us brand deal? And they're like, sure. And then it was free basically. So yeah. that was awesome. That's, then I had a Tesla. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Having a Tesla is very cool. Yeah. 
I was actually really hoping you were like, oh yeah, I pulled up in my Toyota Yaris and like, just like the most like ridiculous, like tiny, like, you know, oh, I had a Fiat. Yeah, yeah. A Chevy Impala. Is a- yeah, I mean, the Impalas, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it was kind of beat up too, but yeah, now I have a Porsche uh, GT4 I got in January, which is uh, definitely a step up from that. I love it. It's awesome. It's, uh, I wrapped it a blue and it has a riser. And I modified it. So it's like my baby now. Okay. All right. So next time I'm in LA, I'm going to call you and we'll go for a ride. Yeah. Cause I don't know how to drive, which is such a humiliating, like fun really? fact about me. Like I learned, like I got a license when I was 16 okay. cause I had to drive to and from school, but then I went to school in Chicago, didn't need a car, moved to New York, didn't need a car. car. And so yeah. now it's been over a decade since I've been behind the wheel. So like, I don't at all feel confident, like go like driving on a street. Like, I don't even know if I'd remember what the signs all mean. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. Honestly, being in a big city. Yeah. 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 I'll I'll, I'll teach you again. Yeah. Yeah. You can teach me how to, not in your car though, like in like a random, like a nice beater car because otherwise if I crash your car, we're not friends anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We'd still be friends. It's still be friends. Insurance. We got insurance. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you're asking all of these people, you're doing 70, 80 interviews a day. What is the craziest answer you've ever received thus far when asking people what they do for work? Okay. I've heard a lot of crazy answers. Um, yeah. Well, one of them was on like, uh, probably from Shaquille O'Neal, actually. Like he probably <laughs> takes the cake. This was not a planned like response. Like basically I talked to his team and I was in Austin for a Formula One event and they told me, they're like, all right, Shaq's going to be here at this time. Yeah. You're going to roll up to him. Like, we haven't told him. Like, they like they were like... Oh, so he did he know? Yeah, like, did he know who he, you were? He, I think he may have known who I was, but he didn't know. Like, we didn't talk about what was going to be said. And like, they didn't tell him when I was going to be rolling up to him. Yeah. But like, because I had rolled up to him. I tried to get him in a video earlier. And he like, yeah. had a bunch of people swarming him. So then I like got in contact with someone. Basically, I got like hooked up. And I roll up to Shaq and he goes... I sleep with your mother and your father too. And like, I, I go, oh, do you? And he goes, and your father. And like walks away. No blink. I'm just like, what? Uh, so that was probably the weirdest one, honestly. Uh, there's been other strange ones. Like I've heard, I've heard every occupation you can think of. Um, yeah. And I feel like people now, because they've like seen the stuff, like a lot of the times they're like, they're messing with me. So they say even crazier stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've ran into like... Just I ran into like CEOs. I didn't realize it's yeah. like the founder of Patron. Like I'm watching the videos. And I'm like, oh, he goes, I sell tequila. I'm like, oh, I ran into like Alex Monopoly. If you know him, like Alex, no. whatever. He's oh, like the, oh, the artist, like, the artist. Yes, yeah. yes, Alex Monopoly. Yeah, uh, and he's like, I'm a painter. I'm like editing the video, and I'm like, painter. Oh, like like they're just like these yeah, situations yeah. where you just run into people. So like those are crazy. But as far as like out of control, like. I don't know. Like I interviewed Joe Biden and that was crazy too. Like rolled up to I him. I know. Like, I saw that. Yeah. That was just nuts. Like, and that was like kind of off the fly. Like, you know, like I didn't really know exactly what he was going to say at all. So that's kind of like the different variants of like crazy. Like some of them are like more fancy, like, um, you know, like, like Joe Biden was obviously I didn't just roll up to him like randomly. Right. And then some of them are like, uh, like random people on the street. And some people are like celebrities that just like are saying crazy stuff to me. And I'm like, whoa, like Jack, what? Yeah. Do you want to know what my favorite interview you've ever done was? Which one? And this was popular with the girlies. You asked this woman like, oh, what do you do for a living? And she's holding a Birkin, just got out of her like really fancy (laughs) car. She's like, what do you mean? I'm married. Oh, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. And all of the girls were like, this woman literally doesn't even understand what the word work means. I want that for myself. Like, wow, more power to her. That one was, uh, that was my second video I ever posted. That's the one that got like 50 or 60 million views. And like, 
Yeah, I'm in Dallas. I'm banned from this mall now. Two more years left to my ban. Like, are you they, are you joking? No, I almost got arrested. Uh, it was like it was like my second time. Like within my first month of filming, I um, it's called Highland Park Village in Dallas, Texas. Screw you, Highland Park. Uh, they uh, <laughs> someone complained, and I think it like I don't know if it was this lady, but it would make sense that it was her because about a week after posting that, I'm out there filming, and like two cops roll up to me, and they're like, "We're arresting you," and I'm like, "For what?" And they're like. You're you're trespassing, and I was like, I've never been told I can't trust, I can't film here, and they're like, Yeah, yeah, sure thing, buddy. And then I'm like, Prove it, like, and then they call up the people, and they're like, Okay, he hasn't been informed yet. All right, you come back here, you have a five year ban. You show up, we're trespassing you and arresting you. So they said I called Highland Park, and I'm like, Who, like, what is wrong with you people? Like, I'm giving you free advertising. Everyone in the comments is saying like Highland Park, and everyone that I film like is down with it. And they're like, Well, someone complained. I don't know if it was her, but. That video became like a meme on Twitter. Like yeah. people still will be like, how I'm trying to be like this year. Like, yeah. and it's like her face and apparently like her children, like I think at school, like, like there was like issues from that video, but like, it's so funny because <laughs> she has the Birkin bag. It's worth a hundred K. I didn't even know what a Birkin bag was back then. And everyone's yeah. commenting Birkin. I'm like, what is that brand? Like I'm so unaware of like luxury brands back then. And uh, yeah, she just became like a meme and it was completely like, she was like nice, but it was just like, what do you mean? Like work? I, I don't know. She's I like, I don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm married. She goes, yeah. I go, what do you do? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what, what is your job? Well, I'm married. What? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, so funny. Man. So funny. The dream. Okay. Manif manifesting that for myself. Thank you very much. Yeah. We've heard about some of the crazy stories, but for all of the listeners who are thinking about what they want to do as a profession, what has been the most popular answer, the answer that you get most frequently so that people can actually think like, hey, this might be a good career where I can make a lot of money. Okay. Real estate, number one, by far, not even close. Oh, wow. To Everyone okay. that's wealthy is in real estate. If you're not in real estate, you can't really like be that wealthy. And like, in my opinion, from what I've seen, like there's a maximum level of wealth that you can kind of achieve. I mean, for the most part, like obviously you could like get, do well in the stock market and, you know, kind of compound yeah. that over time or whatever, like inherited. Um, but number one, real estate, everyone does it, every, commercial or residential, whatever. That's for sure. Like probably 95% of people I interview that along with something else. Like it's not their only job. 95, you think? Any, like of anyone that has like a nice, nice car, like we're talking like 500K up. Yes. Real estate, 90, 90% wow. at least. Okay. Number two is you have to own your own business for sure. Mm -hmm. And most of them do both. Like there's only so much you can make. You're capped. Like if you, if you work for someone else, you're capped. So you can't have like crazy hypercar money if you don't, uh, if you don't own your own business. There's some people that like have worked jobs. So I'll go to my next point. Like have worked jobs in like uh, software or they do tech. Um, some are doctors and engineers like those are kind of like some of the, the next level of people that have done that their whole life and have invested their money wisely and maybe have like gotten into real estate as well and that's how they're getting this money like definitely have to have real estate to kind of get there as well but um they all own their own businesses the ones that have like money money so that, i'd say like of the jobs that people can do before they maybe own their own business or before they own real estate i'd say it's software and like tech like uh computer science like people that are in that kind of field engineering medicine um, mm. Let me see. Uh, plumbing is actually something that's kind of interesting. A lot of plumbers out there that are really rich. Wow. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of other ones that like aren't as you wouldn't guess, but that's about the kind of the main ones that get you like supercar money. Yeah. Real estate for sure. That's really interesting. Especially the plumber one. I was like, I didn't see that came out of left field. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. I've gotten like 10, 12, 15 plumbers or something like that. It's oh, crazy. wow. Okay. Yeah. There's a bunch. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. 
Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Let's talk about people who like are really, really wealthy versus people who are just kind of like flexing for the gram. Like you and I are of the age that all of us have really grown up on the internet. What brands would you say? I know you said you just kind of recently got into luxury brands, learned about the Birkin and how every girl wants one. But what brands would you say that really wealthy people wear or drive and use versus people who just want to appear wealthy? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I feel like as far as Rolex, I'm like a watch guy. Like, I, like I don't know like about all like the differences between like Gucci and Fnet, like because I, I don't ever buy stuff like that. But but like as far as like what I know, pretty much everyone has a Rolex like if you have a Rolex in, in, the, in the car scene like if you don't have one like people are like well you don't have a Rolex but the people that the really rich people have like um Patek Philippe if I'm mm-hmm. pronouncing that right um APs like that they're kind of rocking that kind of stuff and more of the obscure like yeah like they have like Patek Philippe's and like yeah some of them have a uh, Roger du- Dubois Dubois, Dubois. Mm-hmm. uh that watch brand like a million dollar watches like that's what like the hyper car owners are rocking and yeah. a lot of people don't even aren't even aware I think they're kind of ugly but um that's kind of like as far as watches go cars people I mean like the thing is like Ferrari is a company that is, in my opinion, like kind of more geared towards older people because they're very picky with who they bring Why? on. And like, it, it's like, you can't just buy a new Ferrari. A lot of people don't know this, but you can't walk into a dealership and buy a new Ferrari. It doesn't matter if oh. you're like the king of France. You have to buy a starter Ferrari that's like an older model. Oh. And then once you do that, you can build a rapport with them and then they'll let you buy like a new model and you'll kind of get on like their their list. Like you kind of have to like suck them off a little bit to like get these crazy cars at the beginning, <laughs> which which I don't like, but like that's kind of like the name of the game. So like people that have the new Ferrari models that are brand new and out, those are like ballers. Like they have spent okay. like $50 million of Ferrari. Like they're on the list where Ferrari's <laughs> dropping a new car. They're getting a call and the car's sold out before anyone even has heard what it is. Got it. And same with any of these like hyper cars, like Lamborghini, like that are up, up, up in like the hyper car billion dollar range. These people, you can't buy them on on Lamborghini, on Ferrari. They'll just get a call saying like, in tw- in four years, we're dropping this hyper car. Do you want it? And always the answer is yes, because it will appreciate and they're only offering it yeah. to 100 people. So people that have like these crazy cars that are brand new, they're ultra rich. And same with yacht people. No one's faking it that has like above a 70 foot yacht. Anyone right. below that could be renting it. And same yeah. with anyone that has like a regular supercar. Like, I don't know. Are you familiar with cars, like the branding brands that much or the types? I'm not, but I think it's really interesting because I didn't know that you couldn't like walk into a Ferrari dealership and just buy something. It's the same way with getting a retail Birkin. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't walk into the Hermes store in France and be like, I'd like one Birkin, please. Like they would literally laugh in your face. Like there is a waiting list. You need to have a sales associate. You need to be buying the shoes and the accessories and the scarves and the fragrances and all the other like stuff that, you know, you don't really need just to be able to get on this fancy schmancy list. And it's, it sounds like it's the same, same game here. Kind of like similar with like a Rolex. Like you can't just walk in and buy a certain type of Rolex. Sure. You can get like the entry level watches that a lot of people have, but those don't really appreciate in value. So, you're so right. I just think like when I talk about cars to my audience, I'm like, it's just something to get you from point A to point B. It loses, you know, 10% of value as soon as you pull it off of the lot. When you get into the true, like over half a million dollar 
super, super car range, those cars go up in value. They don't go down because yeah. nobody has them. There's like 50 of them. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, it's funny because like I'm in the car scene, but like, I don't recommend like people buying like a uh, Ferrari if you're making, you know, $100,000 a year or whatever, because like that's not yeah. awful investment, especially like the base level ones. Like, 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 yeah, like yeah. a Lamborghini Huracan is kind of like the entry level Huracan, or I mean, entry level car. And like, that's like the Toyota Camry in LA and like supercars. Like, <laughs> they, they're not going to go in va- up in value. Like, but the weird thing that happened recently was like right when COVID happened and the chip, there was a chip shortage and and, um, cars like all cars appreciated in value. It was like the first time in history that like yeah. every car was like an investment, like an asset that was like going up in value, which is interesting. It's still kind of like it right now. Like you, mm-hmm. if you can get an allocation, like you will make money if you wanted to flip it. But like, there's only so long it can it can do that for. Uh, but yeah, like the the hyper cars are a, an appreciating asset that's like none other outperforming like many other like kind of indices and anything like versus like S and P. Like if you bought like a nice car, it's going up like a million dollars in value. If you're buying like the these like yeah. $10 million cars. So it's a weird time right now, uh, but like that's not going to last forever. So if you, I, I'd also, I continue to say, yeah, like I don't recommend people buy <laughs> a nice, nice car unless you can really afford it. And you got like that, you know, money, really a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like more people are living beyond their means? Like you mentioned, you're like, if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you should not be buying a Ferrari. Like, do you see more people living beyond their means just because social media has like made it so easy to see all of this wealth? Because we have people who, like you who are like really like giving us a glimpse into a life that frankly, most of us wouldn't have access to otherwise. Yeah. I mean, totally. Like um, people are flexing a lot and like faking it and yeah. like spending all their money on like rentals. Like I'll be filming people and like on Rodeo Drive, like I said, like I can tell which ones are rentals. Like Lamborghini Urus. Wait, or, how? How? Tell me. Uh, so they're like, they're just like the standard like rental cars. Like, uh, like for people listening that they may know, like the types of cars, like Lamborghini Huracans are like commonly rented because they're like the bottom of the bottom of the barrel, okay. which is like obviously funny because they're like 250k. But G wagons <laughs> with like a squad of people, Lamborghini Urises, which are like the SUV Lamborghini. Like those are like the rental cars that like they have like five people that are young in them, and like they roll up to me and I'm like, I know this is a rental. Like you're 18 years old, you're like you're just yeah. spending your money in Miami or something like that. Those are like the standard ones, so I can usually tell. And like sometimes people will tell me that it's a rental, and sometimes people won't. But like people are flexing all the time, and I think like especially in some cities like Miami, more so than even LA, everyone's there to show off. Like they're spending way more money than they got. And like, it's just like social media has made it like, cause you're putting it on your story and like you're putting, making pictures and like you have the guru, like influencers that are out there, like um, crypto scammer people, oh. like all those kind of people that are flexing then they're taking their photo shoots and then they're returning the car. And you can just tell honestly, it's, it's funny. It's so funny you bring up Miami because I'm now based in Miami and I have never seen so many Lambos in one place. And I was just always so curious. I was like, how are these people making this money? I remember one time I was for a friend's like birthday, we went out to the club and we, you know, we were seated with this guy's table and it was like 10 dudes. And it was so funny because we were just chatting with them and they all had regular jobs. And I'm like, I know for a fact, I make more than everybody at this table. (laughs) I would never shell out this kind of money to do this. Why are like, it just didn't make sense to me. But I, I like how you're explaining that it's very much to flex and take photos and have that like moment commemorated. 
Yeah, Miami is another. I love my. I go there like every month or so, but like uh, the <laughs> the because uh, there's a huge car like scene yeah. over there. I've been there like 40 times since I like started doing this probably. But but like the people in Miami, like people say LA is kind of like ooh, like a little slimy with like how some people like um, get their money and like everyone's like a little shady. But like Miami is on another level of like some of these people that are flexing like and go out there and drop all their money and then like lose it all in like within a year because they like made money quickly in Ethereum or something like that is is unmatched. Yeah. I should say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Not dissing on everyone in Miami, but some of the people in Miami are, ooh, yeah. Yes. Even though I love very, it. Great, very, great city. Very flashy. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. I'd love to know, have you ever interviewed someone and they were just like, no, LOL, I'm broke. And I'm like, this is on a credit card or like told you that honestly? Uh, People will tell me that it's a rental and I praise them and they do like, that's happened like probably like, 25 times I'd be like oh man like no this is just a rental and I'm like oh like at least you admitted it um yeah some people I'll catch though in like peculiar peculiar situations like they'll maybe be like with someone they shouldn't like maybe it's like a sugar daddy situation or like they'll be with like a girl and like they'll they'll text me or email me and be like don't post that video please for the love of god like like you know like and I'm like all right fine but sometimes there'll be some people wait you agree yeah usually although people have offered me money not to post videos like there's been one instance where someone this is recently like a month ago um someone offered to we had edited this video and like it was kind of a complex edit but they were they were saying something to me like that was kind of like scandalous and i think they were with a girl and then they i posted it and then they emailed me being like delete the video please and i was like i didn't respond because i'm like screw you like you know you weren't public like yeah you weren't nice to me like this person was kind of rude and um and then we edited it and i paid someone to like we're working yeah this so i was like whatever and then they and email me back again and we're like well i'll pay you so i didn't like extort them i wasn't like oh pay me they emailed me back and was like please delete it i will pay you and i was like all right well i mean we took time to edit this video like sure yeah. fine. it wasn't like anything crazy i wasn't like more money but some amount of money and i was like all right that's fine with me i mean just because of the fact that we had taken time and like done it and like this person wasn't the most friendly yeah like somebody on your payroll made this video and you paid them money to make that edit and it took time out of the day and your labor yeah. and all that it's, yeah. it's worth something Yes, so, I mean, 100%. yeah, but I'll catch people that are like, they should not be in these situations. And like on ah! site, they'll be like, please, please, no. And like, I'll be like, okay, like, gosh, like, and that's happened to plenty yeah. of times. Where I'm like, I'll delete the video. Look, I deleted it. Uh, Cause I'm like, oh, this is just like sad to watch or scary to watch. Like, I don't know if it's like your <laughs> mistress or something, but uh, yeah. yeah, like there's been a lot of situations like that. They're like super sus. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. And then people will like, yeah, people will like kind of freak out and like send me like emails. Like, I'm going to sue you if you don't delete this. And I'm like, do it. I'm in public. Like, go ahead. Yeah, and usually they'll—I bet you—they talk to their lawyers, and the lawyers will be like, "Yeah, you don't have a case here," because then they never yeah. do. They never end up doing it. But people always threaten to sue. They always try. Yeah. yeah. Damn, that's actually—you know what? I commend you because I feel like you are a very classy person for agreeing to some of those demands. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't like to be like—I don't like to be like a paparazzi, like where I'm yeah, like, yeah, catching people at their worst. 
but yeah, like if people are rude to me though, like I have posted a couple compilations where, like where people are like, get out of my, they're on Rodeo Drive, by the way, with their window down in a Ferrari. So I'm like, and okay. they're like blasting music and like yeah, they're, revving they're their like, engines. They're like, oh my gosh, like get away from me. Like, how dare you run up to my car like that? And I'm like, you're in public. Like, and they're like screaming at me. I'll be like, ah, I'm posting this video. So I've done like some like, yeah. I, and also I want people to know, like, I really am rolling up to these people. I'm like, you know, like rolling up to these random people. So like I'll post these compilations and some of them are so funny because it's like 10 or 11 people like just like freaking out at me and i'm like i'm sorry it's, it's just a question and they're like yeah. going off and i'm like ah, i don't care i'm gonna post it <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of like ooh, yeah. maybe in a little like ooh, but yeah yeah just a little spicy not too spicy yeah, but spicy a is a good word yes yes yeah I have to ask, because you have very much demonstrated that you are incredibly financially and money savvy. What has been your biggest financial mistake while building out, you know, the whole Daniel Mac media empire? Um, I, I think it's kind of something I'm realizing now, and it may be not having enough employees. So right now mm. I'm about to hire on just my third employee. So for the first year, it was just me. And yeah. I think I could have grown faster. So I think, I think I'm realizing it now, like a just in the last month or so, like it was just me at the beginning. Then I got an agency after about a year, a year and a half. Like I had like 8 million followers. It was just me like editing the videos, doing like brand stuff. Like, I don't know, doing a regular nine to five. Like, I don't know how I did it back then, but then I got an agency. That was great. Started making more money on brand deals. They can negotiate up. They take a 10% cut. That's standard in the, in the industry. Yeah. Um, that's great. Wait, where are you signed? Uh, CAA. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I'm a WME. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like the big, big three now, I guess like they know what they're doing. Like they, yeah. they'll get you more money than you would. People are like, oh, Correct. agency, like, and I'm like, they'll double your offer, like, because they're yes. WME, CAA, UTA. Yeah. So that was step two, and eventually I was like, oh, I don't need representation. That so then I was like, okay, boom. Then step three, I got a finally got like an editor and like an employee that's also one of my great friends. And then for like the last year and a half, it's just been all three of us. And I'm like, mm -hmm. why am I not scaled this up into like having four, five, six, seven employees? So I'm hiring a third person now. I just interviewed someone yesterday that I'm probably going to hire. Oh, maybe I won't. Maybe I will. Uh, but I'm <laughs> hiring someone this month for sure. And I feel like I should hire a couple more people, honestly, to like scale this up. I'm starting a merch brand. Like I'm doing like a car rally. I'm doing all this other stuff like um, that I need help with. And I think it's at the beginning. I was just like, oh, I don't want to like pay more people a salary, but like really, it's yeah. an investment, obviously, like scaling up any company. So I haven't, I feel like I haven't made any like stock market it, like mistakes because obviously the market's been kind of flat, but I've been just putting yeah. my money in like safe index funds and like who knows, but I'd rather do that than like invest in risky assets. But, and it's also, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda in hindsight, you know, it's 2020, but not scaling up with more employees sooner is something that it hasn't like cost me anything. Like it's probably cost me money, but it hasn't cost me like, oh, my whole business has failed. But I think I right. could have gotten to a point sooner um, that in retrospect in like a couple of years from now, I'll look back and be like, wow, I should have done that sooner. And I think I'm yeah. realizing it now. So not scaling up faster, I think is, is something I'm mm. realizing right now. And this is probably yeah. a good talk we're having right now is kind of like a financial <laughs> therapy session. I love that. Realize that more. Yeah. Yeah. What about the, the smartest money move you've made building your business? Something that you're like, oh God, I'm so smart. I'm like a genius. I can't believe I did that. I, I feel like I feel like right now with the way the market is, I would, you know, in any other situation other than right now, I would have been like, well, I've already, I've made, I've definitely made returns since, um, yeah. since, you know, I started putting money in and like hardcore money in like 2020, like I'm up like a lot of money, but if in any other situation, I'd be looking back and I know I'm going to be looking back because unless the American economy completely dies, like putting your money in the S&P is the safe, you know, safe bet. Uh, so I'm just saying most likely in five years, I'll look back and go, Smart move. In any other situation where the market isn't flat and interest rates are crazy, 
I go smart move, but uh, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, just doing that and not losing money yeah. in crypto. I have a small amount of money in um, in Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, like five yeah, percent of my portfolio. Yeah, great. So not putting a hundred percent of my money in a Bitcoin, no, or, never, or in individual stocks that um, have gone up like crazy, like Disney, for example. Like, is one a good example, or like, what's another example of a company that's just gone down big? Oh, well. Oh, okay. I'll give you a specific example of, of a stock, yeah. even though I don't like picking individual stocks. Facebook for me, um, I bought it on the way down. I looked at the balance sheets and I'm like, this is a no brainer. Like they're pumping money. They're printing cash on their balance sheet. Like, so uh, Facebook, I put a bunch of money into Facebook, not a huge percentage, but like a decent amount, like, I don't know, like 30K or something like 40K. And uh, and it went up like crazy. I, mean, I think I like, you know, 2X my money or something like that or almost yeah. 2X it. And then I sold it and I uh, put it back into the S&P. So that was kind of a good little, uh, you know, individual money yeah. market move for me. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love these stories of like learning enough to feel like you're dangerous. And then, but also saying like, hey, there's always a nice responsible decision once I'm done with this trade to put my money back into an ETF that just tracks the broader market because it is frankly a lot easier to be a lazy investor. Yeah. Yeah. Most people end up, you know, beating, not, not being able to beat the market. And yeah. I mean, most people, I guess, you know, if you are really a wizard, like a Warren Buffett, they can really pick them by looking at everything else. Like, <laughs> in my view, it's like over a 20 year, like time horizon, like you're not going to beat the market. So why right. try? And also it's so much easier not to try. So I'm yeah. kind of in like the, the bogglehead method or whatever they call it. Like, I don't care. I'm just putting it in the S&P unless America gets nuked. Like, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode is definitely going to get flagged by the government. <laughs> yeah, the keywords, yeah. Yeah. As we wrap up, I'd love to do a quick lightning round. These are just quick questions you can answer. First thing that comes to mind, um, don't think too hard. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. First and foremost, your favorite designer? Uh, uh, no, no, I'll go. What's that guy? Gaudi. Gaudi, I guess. Okay. No, architecture. Um, oh, wow. So you really went designer, designer. Now I meant more like luxury brand. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I go on that one. I'm going okay, quick great. lightning. Yeah. Okay. What is a luxury brand you would never wear? Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Balenciaga now, but I actually yeah. like some of their designs, but I'll say Balenciaga. Um, uh, oh, I don't like Louis Vuitton. I don't like the style, uh, the, mm -hmm. the, the classic blue. Yeah, Monogram print. Yeah. I don't like it. Ugly. Yeah. Okay. Which one do you love better? This is like picking your favorite kid. TikTok or YouTube? In what capacity? Am I allowed to ask that? Or do I just answer? I don't know. Um, just like what you prefer making content on. Uh, uh, YouTube for sure. YouTube for sure. Okay, yeah. nice. Who is your favorite content creator to follow? Um, you can give me a couple for this one if you don't want to piss somebody off. <laughs> I really, I really like the financial people I follow. Uh, I'm just trying to remember their names. Like, uh, I, there's like three that I really like on, on TikTok. Uh, and they don't have to be finance people. Like, these can be like just like people you enjoy following. Well, I, I just those are probably my favorite accounts, honestly. Um, wow. Uh, I don't know. At least on like YouTube and TikTok and stuff like that. Um, I mm, I like pirate cynical, moist critical, or some of my favorite YouTubers. Uh, Polly Matter is my favorite YouTube account. It's like oh, okay. Polly Matter. You should look it up. It's really interesting. Yeah. Awesome. So can confirm Daniel Mack is uh, very much into FinTalk is what we found from that answer. Mm -hmm. uh, something that you can't live without. Uh, iPhone for sure. I mean, I do all my work. I was literally just about phone. to be like, Daniel, don't say something stupid like a phone. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd say probably um, Excel. <laughs> I got Probably Excel for sure. Um, I really just love like tracking stuff like that. Uh, You're such a dork. <laughs> I like it. I like I grab uh, Reddit for sure, which is also a dorky okay. answer. But Reddit is yeah. a great answer. I use it for everything. I use it as a search engine. Like it's the best. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And last one. What is your dream vacation? 
Hmm. I like skiing a lot. So probably like, like Swiss yeah. Alps, like style, like fancy ball or like hot tub ski resort kind of thing. That'd okay. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I love that answer. All right. So very last question. I'd love to know where would you like to see the whole Daniel Mac brand go in like the next five years? Um, I think like having a more like a larger presence in all facets of like luxury. Like I've done like uh, yachts, like watches, like supercars, like all that kind of stuff. But like making it more of like a media company that um, mm-hmm. not necessarily has me just in the face, but other employees that are also like reporting on like via newsletter, but also maybe being hosts on different like watch. Like this is the watch series. This is the yacht series. And like, it's not just me because I wouldn't be able to do all that, but being like the luxury account. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also finance stuff too. So kind of all facets of like luxury finance. Yeah. But not just me, but like a whole 20, 30 employees maybe. Yeah. An empire. I love it. Okay. Tell everyone who is listening where they can find you so they can watch your amazing content. Yes. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all that, uh, every platform, even threads uh, at it's Daniel Mac, <laughs> ITS Daniel Mac. Um, and yeah, I'm there. And then I also have a podcast account too, the Daniel Mac show uh, on TikTok and Instagram. Um, yeah. Daniel Mac. Yep. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for being here. Everyone who is listening to this podcast, go check out Daniel's podcast and check out his social channels. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Net Worth and Chill. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Got a financial question you want answered in the future? You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 908-858-3410. Make sure to follow me at Yarvich BFF across social media for even more relatable financial content. Special thanks to my team at Audioboom, as well as Range Media and WME. See you next week. Bye.